the classic WrestleMania theme. Bringing us in this week on the Home Record Podcast. Hello, everybody. I am the Golden Greek Alex Aria, and I'm joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Monique, how are you? Hello. I am just wonderful. Thank you. All right. Yes. We're doing things different today. Yeah. Yeah. No video this week. No. We're sitting in our living room on the couch right now. Yeah. And we got some guests. We do. Yeah. Monique, who's with us this week? Our friend Morgan. Yeah. Morgan's here. Yeah. And who else did we bring? Oh, you mean our, our good friend Sean Gorman? This is what, your third time now? Third time. Third time is time's a charm. charm, baby. Yeah. Yes. I had to do ladies first, though, introducing... Oh, yeah, I get it. That's cool. You want to say hi? Hello. (laughs) Hi. Morgan and I had sex last night. Oh, dear Lord. Here we go again. Good for you. (laughs) That's awesome. She doesn't like it when I talk about that kind of stuff. No, everybody (laughs) does a podcast, I have to say, please don't. Listen, I did a Metallica podcast that a million people listen to, and I did, I did not once mention your boobs as fantastic as they are. I wanted to, but I didn't. Yeah. But here on the Home Wrecking Podcast, we're wrecking know. homes. Yeah. Breaking All bones. Yeah, no, my boyfriend's a 14 year old boy, 14 year old teenage boy. Yeah. You know this. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're going to be doing a watch along tonight to our favorite matches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was your idea, Sean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so yeah. I, actually, let's talk about how this came about, please. Uh, um, first of all, this is a thing that I did not invent. Uh, Jim Cornette has been doing it on his podcast, where uh, you know the listeners can watch along. You press play. We'll do that, and we'll do the countdown. Sure. Um, and I said to Al, I was just like, let's pick our favorite matches, you know, of all time uh, that we really like. And I was like, that's a great idea. And uh, oh, it also came about because Sheldon Goldberg, uh, owner of New England Championship Wrestling, has his own podcast. What's it called? I, I don't know. <laughs> I looked for it and I couldn't. I, I, it, it's I some, couldn't don't know, don't it. care. It, well, it's like hey, NECW. You know nice. how I feel about him. Be nice. Classics or something. But anyway, it's essentially they don't actually watch it along in real time, but they watch an old match from New England Championship Wrestling. Okay. And it was a match with, uh, it was you and Max Bauer in the cage when I was managing you. Oh yeah. Was okay. I at that show? You was were, that the one that Kathy was at? I think you were that at that she show. Wrestled? Didn't you fall off the cage or something off in that one? Yeah, I got knocked out. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we just watched that recently. Cuz I yeah, I I did a bu- Dave was the special guest referee DC Dillinger. He threw me off the top of the cage and there was a bunch of guys at the bottom and we were just like, "Oh, we'll just catch you like the cheerleaders." <laughs> and they did. What they didn't do is protect my head from the fucking steel barricade. Oh. And I I just remember, like, like I did the bump, and I woke up, and, like, there was all these people looking at me. And I remember George Carroll was just like, that was awesome, Gorman. I love you. And, and like, I don't know. You've been concussed many times. Oh, too many. You know how, like, when you you finally come to, you're, you're like, piecing things together? Yeah. You're trying to figure it out. And I was just like, all right, I'm at a show. I'm at a show. Uh, George is gay. (laughs) I just got thrown off the cage. I think I just got knocked out. And that's all I remember. Aww. Bam. Anyway, they were watching that that show. And thank you, Sheldon. Uh, Sheldon referred to Al and I as masters of wrestling psychology. Wow. And thank you, Sheldon. And, and I said, 
And I said to Al, I'm like, is that true? Is that maybe true? <laughs> well, you know what? It probably is because since wrestling psychology is not a thing anymore, Al and I probably just moved up the ladder without even doing anything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know? Jeez. Yeah. So it, this, think- we're going to toot our own horn a lot this this show. That's fine. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert at that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna watch a couple of wrestling matches, and we're gonna uh, just talk about, I guess, why we, yep, think they're our favorite match. Yep. We're gonna uh, watch them and give our thoughts as we watch them. And you can watch along at home. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're we're using the WWE Network. Yes. So get so on that. Get on that if you aren't already. But you said that they are also available on YouTube, right? Yeah, they are. Um. So in, in if you're watching it on the network. They fucking put ads in shit now, so when you click on it, but we'll get to that later. But um, anyway, uh, let's talk about the matches that we chose. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Your your match was... All right, so I chose as my favorite match of all time, because you put me on the spot. I chose... Okay. <laughs> well, because I, I'm like, I like so many different kind of wrestling matches, but if I had to pick just one that we're going to watch and talk about... It's got to be Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania 13. Okay. Just because of what that match meant historically as far as putting Stone Cold, it like solidified his character. Yep. And and they also did the the what they call in wrestling a double turn. So Very you had rare. Yeah, exactly. So you have the the bad guy, the heel who was uh Stone Cold turned to into a babyface, which is a good guy. <laughs> Uh, so he turned in the match, and Bret Hart, who was the good guy, became the bad guy. That's a very rare thing that you see in wrestling, and they pulled it off perfectly. Yep, it was just it, and and just the match itself was really exciting to watch. It was it was more of a brawl than anything else. I think it was a no holds barred street fight. Yes, yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, just it was just perfectly executed. I get. I mean, you know, using Bret Hart's excellence of execution <laughs> catchphrase, but it was the match was just like perfectly executed. They got Stone Cold to bleed in the match. The, there's so many iconic uh, scenes that, that you've seen for years since then. Uh, it was just masterfully done. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching it and talking about it. Well, it's funny because uh, in hearing you just talk about the match that you chose, it's exactly the same reasons that I chose the match that I chose, which is the war to settle the score uh, from February 18th, 1985. Uh, this was the match that set up uh, the very the main event of the first Vera, uh, WrestleMania, and uh, yeah, it, everything you said like it was just like. And he, here's the thing, um, <laughs> younger fans and quite frankly, Marks would probably watch <laughs> the you know the match that I chose and be like, this fucking match sucks because they do nothing. Yeah, it, but they don't get it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They don't get they don't yeah. get it at all. Yeah. Um, I think Why don't you tell people what marks are for people who aren't too into wrestling? Retarded people who think, oh, jeez, <laughs> like, uh, mental. I'm sorry, mentally challenged, whatever the fuck. Wrestling fans who think they know a lot about wrestling, but they do not. Um, yeah, that's like every wrestling fan now, pretty much. Yeah. Why can't people just enjoy it as fans? Because I think I've actually I'm glad you asked that question. I've actually put a lot of thought into this because pro wrestling is one of the few genres. Now I will philosophize. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's one of the few genres where like the fans seemingly hate the product. There's nothing else like it. Like I can't think of another genre of entertainment 
where people like actively hate it but still watch it. Yeah, it's like it's like the cool thing to do is to watch it and hate on it. Yeah. It's it's really strange and bizarre. Well, you know what it reminds me of? So when I was um in college, my friends would watch their stories. They'd watch soap operas and they called it their stories. <laughs> so I would be like, what were oh, they yeah, like 90? What? I'm, I'm gonna, their stories? That's what, they, that's what, yeah. <laughs> we're like 19 years old and General my girlfriends are talking about watching their stories like General Hospital and Days of Our Lives. And I'd be like, Oh, yeah, I was watching wrestling. So I would call when I watched wrestling my stories because they had their soap operas. But it makes me think like when they watch soap operas, they got invested and they hated certain people and they would act like it was real, like these people were real. So I guess one may be able to compare when you watch wrestling to a soap opera. Uh, Back then, maybe. But now. Yeah, I'm talking back in like the 90s. Okay, sure. I'll give you that. The conclusion that I came to in thinking about like why, because here's the thing. I don't watch current wrestling. I know you do not. I don't either. Yeah, no, I don't either. And, and actually the match that you chose, this was at a period of time where I was not really actively watching the product. As a matter of fact, the first time I tuned out of wrestling was when I was in high school, which was 91 to 95. I mean, remember those years? Yeah. Spark plug. Oh, Holly. It was, yeah, it was when wrestling was horrible. The, the, the worst. And I was just like, okay, uh, this sucks and I'm not going to watch it anymore. I didn't watch it and just like bag on it. I'm like, I'm just going to like listen to metal and jack off or whatever I, did, I was doing at that time. I just, <laughs> right. I had other things to do. Like, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Like I just, I never understood the mentality. But here's the thing. The reason I think that wrestling fans you know, watch wrestling, though seemingly hate it and bag on it, is because there's still that element that of sort of kayfabe. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, they can't get one over on me. I know what's going on here. I think that's what it is. I mean, it must be. But I feel like that kind of ruins it. Like, if you just simplify it and you say, and you take it for what it is and it's entertainment and you allow yourself to get caught up in the story and in everything... I don't know. It's just so much more fun. Why do people have to ruin it? That's just how it is now, I guess. I don't know. It's it, it's weird. Like I just uh, if I, I just if I don't like it, I just don't watch it. It's that simple. Like. Yeah. Well, that's how. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is now for me. Like I can't. I I will try to watch once in a while, and I just I I last maybe five minutes, and I turn it off. Yeah. Well, so. everything is pasteurized, homogenized, oh. sanitized. Yeah. And we're about to see some real shit tonight <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh before we begin uh with the war to settle the score let me just give you some background on, oh um, love it. on this match um first of all uh what it this was uh the rock and wrestling connection so this was mtv correct this match itself was on mtv yes this was broadcast live on mtv it was right. the second time they had done this this was the second time yes there was really the, there was the brawl to end it all I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was first. I thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And it was it was very successful. And actually, they they were ready to do it a third time. Uh, and MTV was like, okay, we'll do it a third time. But they said to Vince, we want a piece of the company. What to broadcast Jeez. another show? You can wow. just imagine what Vince's reaction to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pound, pound sand. sand. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck yourself. Um, so this was the this was the last time wrestling was ever on MTV. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, before I tell you 
Um, take a guess. Uh, the war to settle the score, uh, as I said, February 18th, 1985, New York City, Madison Square Garden, drawing 22,000 people, which I believe is probably a sellout, right? It sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be. Um, guess what the rating was on this show. The, the uh, it was, they only showed this one match. It was a whole, obviously it was a whole card. Right. But they went live on MTV for this one specific match because it set up the first WrestleMania. Just take a guess how many people watch this live on MTV. 1985, which I MTV was probably about three or four years old at this point. Uh, I got to say, back then at the height of when wrestling was really starting to get popular, MTV being a new channel, newer channel, uh, five million? Higher. Really? More than five, huh? Yep. Uh, seven. Higher. Ten? Ten million? On the nose. Really? Was it 10 million people? Did a 9.1 Nielsen rating was just over 10 million people. That's insane. The WWE would kill (laughs) for numbers like that now. They'd kill kill for half of that now. I mean, and I understand, you know, the... Obviously, the dynamics of television are like way different now in the sense that, you know, there was only cable and network television. Like, in other words, like the most popular episode of The Mandalorian will never be seen by as many people as any random episode of The Love Boat because there was nothing else on you know right. what i mean there yeah. was, you, yeah. you know what i mean like so it's just like okay whatever i'll watch this you know like i understand the dynamics of television are way different but i think this is why to this day like if you ask even a young person to name five wrestlers they're probably going to name three guys from the 80s cuz they were household names they're going to yeah. say hogan andre macho man macho man right yeah yeah they're going to you know they yeah. you know but anyway yeah a 9.1 Wow. It was the third most watched uh, pro wrestling in the history of cable television. Uh, and I know you're going to ask me what the first was. What was the first one, Sean? The first one was Steve Austin versus The Undertaker uh, from Monday Night Raw on June 28, 1999. Wow. Uh, and by the way, it just barely beat it. It it, it did like a 10, 10 million. Jesus. 10.5. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. So this was a big <laughs> fucking deal. And speaking of big fucking deals, um, Cindy Lauper and Mr. T were involved in this. You know, and, and like to put that into perspective, it would be like Lady Gaga. Yeah, I mean, she was like one of the biggest pop stars in the world C- at the time. Cindy Lauper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I huge, was a huge. Girl. Yeah, of course you were. Of course I was. <laughs> Remember how it was like you were either Madonna or Cindy Lauper. Like you were either pro Madonna or pro Cindy Lauper. Because Cindy Lauper was punk rock. She's fucking awesome. I wanted to do my hair like her when I was a kid, and I asked my mom. I was like, I want hair like Cindy Lauper, and my mom was like, No. No, never. <laughs> and um, wow, yeah, and I don't know who'd be the T. Equi- I don't know who the equivalent for Mister. I was T about to say the now. Rock, but that kind of doesn't make sense. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, but I mean, almost though. I mean, if you think about at the time with the A Team being so popular and Mister T being such a he huge star, he had his own breakfast cereal. Yeah, he did. That's right. I pity the fool that don't eat my cereal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking Mister T. Wow. Um, so what had happened prior to this match was they did a ceremony uh, for the rock for the wrestling album. Okay. Yep. And it was a live Piper's Pit in Madison Square Garden, where they presented a gold record. Oh, this was the record. Okay. Yeah. Yep. They presented a gold record. Dick Clark was there. Yeah. 
and they presented a gold record to Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou Albano. Piper came up, came out, interrupted the ceremony, and he said, I believe in his in his book, that he was so coked out of his mind he doesn't even remember it. Awesome. But he smashed the gold record over Lou Albano's head. Cindy Lauper went to save him by grabbing onto his ankle, and Piper booted Cindy Lauper across the fucking ring. And he, in one instance, became the most hated man in America. I, I mean, remember when I watched that, I was so torn because I love Cindy Lauper and I love Roddy Piper. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. So, um, uh, so what we're about to see right now, everyone thought was going to be Hulk Hogan's, you know, revenge. Like, yeah, you know, you motherfucker, you, you know, you, and he, and they did a segment where uh, Piper went on the set of the A Team and just insulted the shit out of Mr. T, and they almost got into a <laughs> brawl. Um, you know, he fucking kicks Cindy Lauper in the head. The whole fucking country wanted to see Roddy Piper get his revenge, but they did not. And, so great. And I'll get into why this match is brilliant. Um, after we finish it um but that's just because this was the go home to set up the first the main event of the first wrestlemania um and i think that everyone in the crowd everyone watching this at home uh kind of assumed that was going to happen but it did not um which i think is fantastic that's that's brilliant yeah exactly brilliant brilliant Brilliant. yeah exactly thank you alan i'm gonna get exactly brilliant booking it was george scott and pat patterson at the time is that who was doing it no shit okay and you can tell like you can tell um who it is so oh um, i love it now that we've set that by the way al i wanted to ask you when was the last time you saw this match or watched i think i've seen this match one time in my life and it was probably are you serious yeah it was probably over it was probably when i was a kid I haven't I, I haven't say, seen I it in all, the longest time. Ask Morgan, do I make you how many times a year do I make you watch this match? <laughs> That's awesome. And what can you give her the microphone just for one second? Tell the listeners like some of the times. Do you remember the time I tore my shirt off? <laughs> <laughs> what was I that the Roddy Popper shirt? Yeah. That you tore in half? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would get I would like reenact it because you know, like he tears his shirt great. and fucking <laughs> throws yeah. it. Oh, this is the I, I'm a, I'm in a fantastic mood. I'm because I I, would, I can't believe you've only seen this. Like I haven't seen it since I was a kid, oh I, so God. I don't it's remember it I've at all. It it's gonna be like watching it the first time because I mean I really I don't remember oh, it at yeah. all. No, I mean like I probably have seen this probably I don't know five six times. If, like, as soon as we started talking, I go, oh, is this a Cindy Lauper one? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's and what and don't like I, every time we'll see we'll see if it happens tonight. But every time, don't I show you? I'm like Morgan. Look at look at my arm. Look at my arm because I get, le- do you I, get goosebumps. I legitimately ah. get goosebumps. That's how this. you know. That right there is how you fucking know if something is good or not. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's fucking great. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm excited. Before, before we get <laughs> started, excited. I've decided that I do. I have my own favorite match now, but I won't. I won't talk about it yet no please can you, but can you tell us what it is though? oh yeah yeah but just i'll, I'll wait till we are all, all done no yeah, what the hell <laughs> you just, are you are just gonna she's she's learning how to work yeah she's waiting for the payoff see uh, i guess so <laughs> this is what our sex was like last night <laughs> she was just like no no not yet <laughs> she spits coffee all over our living room <laughs> all right so we're ready to do this yeah let's do it so everybody okay. go to the wwe network and you are on Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Rowdy. Piper's Greatest Hits. Yep. And uh, like I said, when you press the thing, they didn't used to do this, but they do it now. There's going to be an ad. So I'm going to do the countdown. I'm going to say press play now. Uh, when I do that, it means watch the ad, pause it, <laughs> just like I did right now, 
And when I say press play now, then press play. Now, do you got to go to 23 minutes, 32 seconds? Is that where the match starts? Yeah, or you can... They have the, oh, they, I see. the thing. You can they just, have the next match. Yeah, they, uh, you can okay. just choose the match. Okay. Okay, so now we are counting down. Here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Press play now. Here we go. I have to take my headphones off to listen because I want to hear the crowd. I was about to say, you are about to hear some of the biggest pops you've ever heard in your life. Like Roddy Piper wearing the Hulkamania shirt. <laughs> Genius. Oh, by the way, Bob Orton wearing the uh, arm in his sling. This was the whole start of the gimmick. Oh, this was the start of the cast. Earlier in the show, Jimmy Snooker legitimately broke his arm. Oh, no shit. Yep. Okay. This was the whole start of it. Oh, wow. All right, Piper's got a guitar. And by the way, I just want to put over for a moment the commentary of Mean Gene and Gorilla Monsoon. They are so good at hyping this match. You got the ba- the bagpipes, the whole uh, the whole thing for Piper playing playing his entrance music. That's great. You know, Gorilla Monsoon always used to say, oh, the electricity in the air, you could cut it with a knife. Well, you know what? That was legit this night. Howard Finkel. Oh, God. I, you know, it's just, it's, it's almost like Jeez. depressing me that, like, everyone in this match is, like, dead. Yeah. <laughs> that just made me really sad, like, remembering, like, oh, yeah, they're dead. Is that Bob Costas? Yeah, Bob Costas. Again, like... I'm I'm not sure that like pro wrestling ever really had the rub from mainstream culture as it did right here. I'm 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 watching this now, yeah, and I'm realizing that because yeah, you got Bob Costas. What is he is he the ring announcer? Is that what's gonna happen? Special here? guest ring announcer. And okay. you can see Piper's telling him, Hey, I'm gonna do something, FYI. Yeah. And he's about to do it. But he grabs the wrong microphone. Yeah, he grabs the mics, it's not on. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Look at Piper. Oh, my oh, God. He was the so best. Great. And the bit. Look at the laugh right on the hard cam. He was the. Oh. <laughs> Oh, look at the look on his face. He was the uh, look at there it is. There's yes. the goosebumps, Al. Yes. There they are. Yes. I'm getting like the, the uh. chills because you just look at him. Oh, listen great, to the heat. The great, crowd. Oh, fuck. At, I love people it. People are throwing shit in the ring. Greatest heel of all time, in my opinion. Oh man, <laughs> and and you know, this was on the VHS. Hulk Hogan was not coming out to Real American at this point, but even on the VHS tape of Rowdy Roddy Piper's Greatest Hits, they 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 used to put in a different uh, music, yeah, some generic shit because I think he came out to Eye of the Tiger. Okay, so imagine yeah. hearing that. Yeah, jeez. Wait till you see this fucking pop. Here comes Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Now that's Dave Wolf, right? That yep. was her husband, her manager, manager or whatever. Yep. yep. Lou Albano, the only babyface manager that ever worked. Yep. <laughs> I used to love him when I was a kid. Man. Yes. yes. Yeah. And we're going to get to that in a minute. Do you remember the end of this match? No. We're, 
Okay, good. <laughs> I'm in a fantastic mood right now. Mr. T getting all fired up. Just look, listen to the people. Dude, they're, they're, they're out of their minds. They're, I, look, look, I mean. Just watching them. I, I, I never they understood. have not touched. Hogan's not even in the ring yet, no, and the place is going is, nuts. Going I, I'm nuts. about to tear off my shirt. The Piper spits at him, oh. throws his shirt, you motherfucker, Hogan. Oh, all right, I let's go. <laughs> oh, look at this. this is, oh, this is great. Tears the shirt up. Piper <laughs> with the big flare of the kilt. Oh, Ooh, let's go, you motherfucker. I'm on coke. Slug yep. it out. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Trading them. Hogan, Hogan with the eye rake? Typically, I was about to say, Al. <laughs> Typically, Hogan was not a rule breaker, but yeah. Piper had done such dastardly shit. He's like, fuck this guy. Yep, yep. It's all psychology. It's a fight. It's a fucking fight. And this fight. is what the people wanted to see. Yes. Yes. They didn't come out lock up and go headlock. No. Hey, let's let's do a tackle. No, they just went right into it. Arm drag. No, they're just fucking fighting. I love it. I swear to God, Al, I think there's four wrestling moves in this entire match. It's <laughs> all it needs. It, it, why do anything else? Exactly. Look at the fucking people. Look at, they're going crazy. And they're de- oh, I love it. Are people throwing trash in the ring? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hogan with a body slam. Yeah, that, was, that was the first move. And another yeah, one. Fuck it. Let's just <laughs> slam him again. It worked. Piper, I, the pipe. Roddy loved to sell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Spitting, spitting on him. Spitting on him now. Hogan well, doing the again. Spit. Very uncharacteristic of Hogan. But hey, turnabout's fair play, right? Right. And now Hogan's biting Piper. Yeah. Oh shit. Piper going for the cover after a clothesline. Right. Exactly. I'm surprised Hogan gave him a two count on that. Yeah, yeah. I I was actually just thinking that. Like, wow, he got two out of that? No shit. The Jimmy Snooker, I love you, because this is after the coconut thing. Again, another pit. Piper's just... All he did was kick him in the head twice. Right. And he went for recovery. Yeah, Piper doing the European three, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always did that, managing you. And yep. I always would yell at the ref. I would do the three <laughs> like that just because of this. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Double cross chop. <laughs> okay, so now, you know, now we're going into the heat, I guess, and... Joe Piscopo and Danny, Danny DeVito, DeVito were in, right. in attendance. Andy Warhol was there. Who at the time, I mean, geez, like that's like a who's who of mm-hmm. pop culture at the yeah. time. Yeah. So this was 85? Yep. February, and then WrestleMania was in March. Okay. And just so simple. Look at the crowds out of there. Yeah. It's a fucking sleeper hold. Yeah. Which would eventually become Piper's finishing move. Yeah. I'm not sure it was really a thing at this point. Um, And just a contrast, like wrestling today and then look at wrestling here. All that's happened. I've been keeping tally. Hogan got clotheslined in the corner, got kicked in the head three times, and now 
a, a double throw chop and now a sleeper hold, and he's like almost dead. And oh, here he comes. He's coming back up. Listen to these fucking people. Man. I know. Hogan's fire was just oh, unbelievable. So awesome. And look at that. Boom. Bob Orton. <laughs> yep. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and you right? said his, his arm was legit broken, that, that's, right? That's, oh, from man. what I understand, it was oh. legit. I love the way oh. Roddy sold. Yeah. That head, he, he did a thing. He didn't just snap his head. He shook it. Yeah. The only other guys who ever did that were like Flair and Lawler. Yes. Yes. But it looks super realistic. Look at this. It's just bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> let's, let's rake each other's eyes back and forth. Did you guys catch the little kid in the orange hat in the background, like throwing his fist, like right, left, right, left, doing hooks, like if as if he's in there actually like punching them. It's great. I'm like getting a kick out of the old man who's like pointing, like yelling at the ref. Again, great. Oh, oh shit! Oh. A ref bump when it actually meant something because it wasn't overdone, and he's like dead too. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> was named Lutz, Dick Lutz, I think. Is that who that was? Yeah. Oh, you no, son Orndorf. of a bitch! And again, everyone in the crowd is just Listen like, "Listen to the fuck? crowd!" Oh man, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> We were supposed to see Roddy Piper get his ass kicked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not this. Not. So Cindy. we got Orton, Orton and, and Piper now double teaming on Hogan. And, and look, at just, just this, like, Piper has to calm him down. Yeah. Like, you just don't see stuff like this anymore. No. Oh, here we go. All right. Such villainous shit. Cindy's trying to get in the ring. Captain Lou's trying Captain to pull Lou's her trying away. Captain Lou's trying to stop her. No, cra cap oh. oh, here we go. Yep. Oh, did, did they just knock the hat off of yeah, her? Is that what it was? Okay. Slapped her. Look at Piper. Her hat off. Oh, yeah? Come on in. Yep. Oh, beautiful. Look at the crowd. Oh, man. <laughs> Goosebumps are back, Al. Look at yep. him. Yeah. <laughs> you can confirm. I, I legitimately have him. Like, yeah, he does. Right now. It's so good. And again, oh, he turned his back. Oh, oh you son of a is. bitch. From behind. From behind like a bitch. And that's the thing. Nobody, no heel wants to be a coward anymore. No, no, nobody they, does. They all want to be stone cold, which I understand. Look at Piper's reaction. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, 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 now, now, now the... Here we go. Now oh, it's an even match. Now it's a fair fight. Wait you a minute. You know what? Uh, nah, um, yeah, I'm fuck you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you can see T, because Hogan's just like, no, T, get back in the ring. We're not yeah. supposed to chase him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now watch this. Morgan asked earlier, those real cops? Yes, those are real cops. Obviously, they were in on this. Yeah. yeah. But those are definitely legit New York City police. Yeah. 
Look at this. This is awesome. <laughs> See, this is a fucking pull apart. Yeah, right. You got trash flying around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is good stuff. And wait till uh, Hogan breaks loose and starts laying fists in a Piper's head. The audience explodes. <laughs> Joey Morella. Oh, yeah, Morella. There he is. Yep. Yeah, see? Look at. Yep, right listen there. to the fucking crowd. Oh, it's so awesome. Pat Patterson. <laughs> Out of here. Nope. You want to see what's going to happen? You, you got to get it on closed circuit, bitch. Yes, closed circuit before <laughs> pay-per-view. You had to go to fucking Boston Garden and watch TV. On a, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, the commentary with Gorilla and Mean Gene was just phenomenal. Putting this over. Yeah. You, you know what they call that, Sean? They call that they call that good business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They call that good business. That was a good piece of business right there. Well, I mean, the, the, Vince hinged the whole company on WrestleMania. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. So this was it. And I'm going to get into that after this is over about why this is such a great match. Long live MTV. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> All right. There wow. it is. That was. So, yeah, I mean, Al, was... I got to ask you after not having seen that in how many years? Forever. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think? That was fucking great. It was great. It was just it was it was a, a very simple. I mean, if you're talking about like actual wrestling moves, there was none. There the horrible. Was like, there was yeah. It was who like nothing. Shit? But but who cares? Right. Look at look at again. Knowing the backstory of what went into the setup for this match, the buildup for the match, and then knowing why what happened in the match was so important because of what it led to being the the main event of the first WrestleMania. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant piece of business, like I said. It's like yeah. so good. Like you said about, you know, Hart and Austin, which we're gonna watch after this, it was just like flawlessly executed. Yeah. It was so well done. Yeah. And I mean e- even even like the celebrities, like Cindy Lauper played her part perfectly. Yep. T, aside from, you know, <laughs> getting a little overzealous <laughs> yeah, and jumping right, out yeah. of the ring. <laughs> yeah. You know, chasing after those guys at the end. He, Perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you need. That's what you want. That sold is so great. That sold tickets. Oh yeah, you know, Th- and that's that was the whole point of wrestling business. was to sell tickets. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so you said this was in February of '85, and then the the following month is WrestleMania. This is when yep. they were doing monthly shows at the Garden, right? And they're drawing twenty thousand people each time. You know, yeah. what the fuck? Like, that's... And again, have you ever seen heat like that? <laughs> it's not very often. Yeah. It's not nowadays. not nowadays. Not nowadays. I remember watching the main event of whatever WrestleMania that just happened, and, you know, people were literally, like, on their phones in the front row, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, dude, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird. Like, that's what kind of has, has... This has all evolved into. And I don't know if that's just wrestling or just society. Yeah. But, yeah... Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, here, 
you see people like Monique mentioned it a minute ago, how you, you've got a kid in the audience like throwing punches because yeah. he's so f- into it. And yeah. you got old people yelling at the ref. It, it's just everybody's... They're invested they're in They're invested characters. in it. They, they have... You know, they may all know it's all bullshit, but they don't care. They but are lost, lost in the in moment. moment. Yes, right. They are lost, lost in the, the moment. moment. They you have know, suspended their disbelief. I hate it when people say, like, oh, of course people were more into it back then because they thought it was real. I'm like, no, they, no, they didn't. didn't. No, they not did in not. the 80s in the Northeast, they did not. No. Everybody knew it was bullshit. Fucking wrestling was, everybody knew it was bullshit in the 40s. Yeah. They used to do newspaper articles about it. It was exposed. When so, you watch a movie, and this has been argued before, like you can get lost into it. You can allow yourself to enjoy it and almost put yourself in the movie to really feel what's going on and feel the emotions you're supposed to feel. So when I'm watching this, I felt so much excitement. I had like the dopiest permigrant on my face because I was so excited. And I'm just like sitting here watching it just, Ah, like squeezing the microphone with my hand. <laughs> I can't think of another match that has more excitement than that. And it's not it like it's very stuff happened. No, well, that's the thing. It wasn't like nobody did any flips. Nope. Nobody went to the top Flip rope. Sleepers. It wasn't case. Except for Paul Orndorff, who wasn't even technically in the match. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there was no, you know, it was just very. It's like you could feel the tension where there you was could tension. see, yeah. like, when Piper starts in the ring, when Piper's in the ring. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm yeah, sorry. All right, well, fine, I did. A little bit, maybe a little, yeah. <laughs> well, but when Piper's in the ring at the beginning, and when he when he gets the shirt off, you could see just in his face. Yeah, you could just see right. like this. He fucking hates these people. Yeah, he hates Hogan. Rock he and hates roll. rock and roll. <laughs> he MTV. hates MTV. He hates it. <laughs> yeah. He fucking method. hates it's it. It's like they. It's, yes. it's real to them in that moment. Exactly. And because of that, it's real to us when we're watching it. Exactly, and you could see when Hogan comes out. And he's just, you could tell that he's fucking, he's going to get this Piper. That's it. He's yeah. had it. He's yep. had it with this fucking Piper. Again, and with that, you're mentioning like, you know, the raking of the eyes and he's biting and he's doing all these things that aren't very character characteristic for him and for a baby face at the time. But when you see that, if that was you in that situation and somebody wronged you and the people you loved and cared about, all bets are off. You don't care about being the good guy. Right. You care about kicking that guy's ass. Right. Any yeah. And way Hogan was smart enough to know that. Right. Now's yeah. not the time for me to be the all-American nope. baby face. It's right. time for me to I kick ass. I just want to hurt you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that's why, again, this was such a good piece of storytelling and business. Yeah. Because, fuck, we know what happened. Look where we are now. We're at WrestleMania, whatever, 35, 6, whatever number they're on. This led to the very first one. And, and at the end of this match, though, you felt... You, like you felt good about it, but it obviously you needed left to see you, more. You, you need more. to see more, right? But you still right. felt good. You didn't feel disappointed. You nope. didn't feel let down. You didn't feel like really. You didn't feel like you got. You didn't get your money's worth, so to speak. Yeah. You loved it, and yeah. you just wanted more. Yeah. Fuck. Great. So, if you'll indulge me, um, to wrap up, and you know, we can take a break and go to the next match. Sure. But, um. I actually wrote an article for a magazine years ago about this match. Um, for the younger listeners, magazines were periodicals that had news information. <laughs> in it. Um, it was kind of like the internet made out of trees. Back um, to listen to records. Um, so, uh, not to be a dick, uh, but um, I'd like to just read the last few paragraphs. Do it. Um, about why I said this is not only my favorite match, but... I the, the thesis of the article that I wrote was that this is actually one of the most important matches literally in the history of wrestling. And if you'll indulge me, now I will now I will read. 
Please do. It might seem strange that my favorite wrestling match of all time has very little criteria for what many wrestling fans now might consider, quote, a good match. But not only is the war to settle the score less than 10 minutes long, but the wrestling during that time is, especially by today's standards, average at best. And beyond that, the finish of the match is totally inconclusive. Nothing is even slightly resolved. The war to the settle the score settled nothing. But that's the genius of it. Those who know wrestling history know that this is the match that set up the main event of the first WrestleMania. And those who know wrestling history know that the first WrestleMania is what brought about the WWF's dominance in the 1980s and has brought us to where professional wrestling is today, which is why I think the war to settle the score is one of the most important matches in the history of wrestling itself. It couldn't have happened without the dazzling charisma of both Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper and their respective ability to get people to love and hate them. It couldn't have happened uh, without the creative booking genius of George Scott and Pat Patterson and their ability to make people want to see more. And it couldn't have happened without the celebrity rub from Mr. T and Cindy Lauper or from the broad exposure that MTV provided. In that regard, the war to settle the score is a flawless match, brilliant in design and brilliant in execution. It achieved exactly what it set out to achieve. The match garnered a 9.1 Nielsen rating, which even by modern standards is astounding. For me personally, I have chosen the war to settle the score as my favorite match because it has stayed with me for my entire life. It excited me as a young child and it excites me today as someone who has been entrenched in the wrestling business for quite some time. I'm not ashamed to admit that I still get goosebumps during the ring introductions, <laughs> as you just saw. Yes. As a child, the match excited me because I wanted to see the climatic climatic clash between good and evil in the way only a child can. It excited me because I was emotionally invested in the characters on the screen. As an adult in the wrestling business, it excites me now for what it achieved in the wrestling business. In terms of booking and wrestling psychology, the war to settle the score is an amazing triumph well put you're a good writer anybody ever <laughs> Thanks, tell you that man. <laughs> you're like good with words and stuff yeah <laughs> well now what was that uh what magazine was that in uh it was called the drink tank is it that was, like is that something that's online that people can find yes actually the old the old uh back issues are i believe still currently online so yeah you can read the whole thing good uh, stuff yeah but anyway so there it is the war to settle the score i'm I, I'm actually really. I, I was very excited that you hadn't seen this in, in a while. Yeah, a long and, time. and I'm just like, holy shit! Like that it, was really, aw- that was really good. <laughs> yeah, like, it was just like it's a match that's almost like it's it's been almost like lost to history. But yeah, like it. it be, see, to me, as far in terms of wrestling being, you know, popular in American culture, in my opinion, it was before this and after this. Yeah, you, you know, it was really yeah. this was it. You know, you know, especially with MTV or a music to vomit by, as Roddy Piper called it <laughs> in promos. Um, you know, it was just like all the pieces just really came together, and uh, yeah, I mean, it just launched the WWF into the stratosphere. And again, with the with t- Vince taking over the the territories, th- there was no stopping them after this. No, I mean, av- yeah, I mean, once WrestleMania hit, forget it. Yeah, they they started doing what were they doing at their peak, like three. Shows a day, wasn't it? Like they were doing like three shows at a time. They did like an A, a B, and a C show. Yep. Like their popularity was just in, insane in the eighties. There, I mean, I, I mean, I've heard, and I'm sure you have too, uh, just stories from the guys that that worked in that era, 
just the crazy travel schedule that they had. Yeah, like 350 <laughs> days a year or Ridiculous. something. Ridiculous. And yeah. they would have them just going all over the place. Like, it's before they had, like, a travel department in the WWF. Yeah, right. They, so they'd be, like, in California in the morning, and then in the afternoon they'd be, you know... Uh, in the afternoon, they'd be in California. Then they'd be in like Minnesota for a night show. Yeah. Just weird shit where they just have them crisscrossing the country. And oh yeah, it was just crazy. But they were yeah. I mean, business was just enormous. And and Hogan was the top guy and the top draw, the top money maker for years. Mm-hmm. And and his record stood until Stone Cold hit his peak. Yes, and hit his stride. Yeah. And so much of that. It has to do with merchandise. Yes. You know, obviously Hogan had merchandise. We just all saw the foam fingers out in the crowd, but sure. not like Stone Cold had. Yeah, he brought it to a whole other level. Yeah. He yeah. brought it to a whole other level. But yeah. Hogan was definitely, I, I'd say it's pretty fair to say he was probably the first real worldwide wrestling superstar. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, he still has that name recognition. I mean, you still say Hulk Hogan, people know who you're talking to about. anybody. Yeah, it doesn't matter if Pe- they're people 12 still or, know. Yeah, exactly. Or, or Eighty. Yeah, yeah. People still know who Hulk Hogan is. He was a household name. Yeah, you know. And I'm not sure. Like, yeah, The Rock, obviously, but that's you know more because of Hollywood. But if yeah. I, you said like John Cena, people would be like, uh, uh, I mean, you might get varied reactions on that one. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah, good stuff, man. So, All right, uh, let's I, take a quick break. I really enjoyed that. That was fu- that was great. <laughs> that was good stuff. Hope hopefully everybody uh, listening and watching along enjoyed it as well. But let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back. And we're going to do Stone Cold Steve Austin and Brett the Hitman Hart for WrestleMania 13. All right, we're back after that break. <laughs> I'm laughing because her cat is like sniffing Sean's hair. <laughs> you can hear him purring. Yes, that is a cat purring. <laughs> yes, that's a purring. Fantastic. As he smells Sean's hair. <laughs> Sean, Sean looks think, so excited right now. It makes me think of creepy Gus in Psych when he like smells the girls. <laughs> Way to bring Sean's mood down after that. <laughs> <laughs> so right. yeah, WrestleMania 13. All right. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I mean, after watching that match that we just watched, I just want to add again, we were talking a little bit during the break, and I was watching that after not having seen it for so long, and knowing what I know about wrestling, I was watching it ever since I got into the wrestling business and became a wrestler. I've always watched stuff with a critical eye. Because yeah. I know how, how the business works. I I was a, a part of it. And even watching that with a critical eye, I was still getting sucked into the story of it. Right. I was still getting sucked in. Yeah. And that's when you know something's really fucking good because right. you know everything that's going on. You could you you know, you could see everything that's going on, why it's happening, but it's still sucking you in. That's how you know it's fucking good. Right. So yeah. I just wanted to add that real quick. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, it, you know, just like the police coming in at the end of yeah. that match, like it looked legit. Oh, it wasn't yeah. a bunch of indie guys right. as security. Yeah, it was know, like real were, cops. It was real cops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Real, yeah. You know, it's just like, and that's that's the element, just like we need to make the shit look as real as possible. Yeah. Um. All right, so here we are, uh, 1997. Uh, you said that you were being trained at this point. I had just uh, finished training 
at Al Snow's Wrestling School, uh, Body Slammers Wrestling Gym, uh, back in, I went from November to December, excuse me, end of October to the end of December of uh, 1996. So I was already a trained pro wrestler when this WrestleMania happened. Now, I didn't have my first match until 1998 in August, but I had just gotten back from Al Snow's Wrestling School when this WrestleMania happened, and uh, Stone Cold was actually at Al Snow's uh, Wrestling School and oh, really? wor- yeah, and working on like different submissions and stuff with Al. He trained with the- he was there for like three or four days, just kind of working out stuff because this was a submission match. And he didn't know any submissions. He wasn't a submission wrestler. Yeah, and he didn't find out it was a submission match until they announced it on TV. Oh, he, really? Yeah, he was, like, at home hurt. Like, he had hurt his knee or something. That's kind of weird. Yeah, and they didn't tell him that it was a submission match. He was watching Raw, and he found out when they had made the announcement on Raw. So he's like, shit. So okay. Yeah, so he got in touch with Al Snow, and he's like, hey, can I come and work out at your gym? Can you show me some submission stuff so I can work it into my match with Brett so I can get yeah. some shit, you know? Go ahead, Morgan. What is a submission match? Or what is a, what does that mean? The first, it, it, You can't win by pinfall, one, two, three. The guy has to say, I quit. Right, yeah. No, okay. no okay. pinfall. I, I think I got it. <laughs> yeah, and there's no count out, no disqualification. Anything goes. Yeah, anything goes. <laughs> the guy has to submit or say, I quit. Yeah, I mean, they have I quit matches where the guy, they'll have like the ref with a mic. He'll put it in the guy's face, and they have to say, I quit in order for the match to be done. This wasn't that. This was they had to submit. So, yeah. And what was the angle going into this? I don't remember. So, uh, Bret Hart came back after being off for a few months uh, in 96, and they wrestled, Stone Cold and Bret wrestled at Survivor Series 96, which was about four or five months before this. And Bret beat Stone Cold, but then I can't remember the exact buildup going right into this match. And it was kind of weird that they made it a submission match because there wasn't really any kind of story behind it that I can remember. Besides Ken Shamrock being the special guest Yeah, referee. Ken Shamrock is the special guest referee. He just got done uh, with the Ultimate Fighting Championship. so And then he came into wrestling. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't really know why they made it a submission match. I think even Stone Cold has said he, he's not sure why it was made a submission match. It was just kind of like, it's WrestleMania. They need a gimmick for it, I guess, yeah. that is what the thinking was. But, um, yeah, if you go to the network, the WWE Network, and go to WrestleMania 13 in 1997, this took place March 23rd. And if you go to the one hour, 21 minute, and two second mark, that's where we're going to pick up here. All right. And it is available in two languages, apparently. Is it? That's what it says. We'll be watching oh. it in English because yeah, we're, we're Americans. Oh, yeah. Hey, it does. Yeah, we're going to watch it in English. I'm contributing here, okay? All right. Well, did you ever... Hey, you've seen this match, right? I don't remember. Well, you're going to watch it again now. All right. So there you go. All right. So we're going to hit play in three, two, one. And Shamrock looking gills. Shamrock looking tiny. (laughs) Jesus. Wow. I love the WrestleMania music. (laughs) Except this was 97. (laughs) Shamrock, I think, is bigger than both Bret Hart and Stone Cold. (laughs) Holy cow. 
I remember renting this on pay-per-view at the last minute. I feel like the stripes on him and the ref shirt just make him look even bigger. Jeez. Enormous. So, oh, yeah, the glass breaking. Yeah. This is the first time they did this, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, by the way, you know, Al, before we started, I forgot to ask you, was yeah. the double turn planned or did that just yes. happen organically? Uh, this was planned. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was planned. That makes me respect it even more. Oh, same here. Yeah. yeah it, just knowing that they, they had to do this and then going in and pulling it off the way they did, just yeah. f- incredible. I just I couldn't read all the signs. I just saw a lot of signs with the word ass in it. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Austin, ass, ass, ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think there were like three signs and I couldn't read them all fast enough, but they all had ass in them. There's there's uh, two guys that you're going to see. I'll try to point them out to you uh, that are in the front row here who were actually students at Al Snow's wrestling school. Oh, yeah? And, uh, yeah. I just saw and this. Was that the Rosemont Horizon? Yes. Yeah. So that's in? Chicago. Okay. So, yeah, and so this was Chicago. Where's Al's school? Lima, Ohio. Oh, okay. I miss the Fink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was awesome. So here comes Brett the Hitman Hart. The shit man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate Brett Hart. Really? Nah, I just. Oh, man. I think his attitude sucks. He was always just. Again, gr- uh, like a great technical wrestler, but. Remember when they put the title on? I'm like, really? <laughs> he. I, I gained such an appreciation for him. Later on in my wrestling career, I was always a big Shawn Michaels fan, but I gained such an appreciation for Bret Hart later on, just because if you go back and watch any of his matches, he was not very formulaic. He had like his couple of moves that he'd do every match, right. but every match was different. Yes, right. Everything yes. was different, yep. and it was always good. You always got sucked into the story. Like, he was a master at that. Yes, right. And I respect, and like we were talking earlier, that's what I don't like about the quote-unquote strong style ROH Japanese. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, yep. very similar to the match we just watched. Yep. It's starting hot. <laughs> yep. Do you see the two guys in the background right there? Well, it's kind of They're right to the – they just sat down. They're, the guy right there with his hat on backwards yeah, yeah, yeah. and the guy sitting to his uh, left. Yeah. Those those guys were students at Al Snow's wrestling school. Yeah, they bagged my groceries the other day. Yes, they're 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 <laughs> yeah. Those guys are right there on the left, holding a can of <laughs> a cup of beer in their hands. <laughs> those guys had just finished training. Oh really? Yeah, they had just finished training, and they were in the front row WrestleMania. <laughs> Way to be marks, dude. Yeah. Uh, hey, they love wrestling. One of those guys. Um, I I'm not sure if he's still in the business or not. Whoa. He took that awesome. Yeah, I was about to say, what made that sound? <laughs> His hand. Oh. But it, but yeah, he took that perfectly, yeah. though. But, uh... <laughs> and so, as we were saying before, th- Tony this Atlas. is... Yeah, Tony Atlas <laughs> in the front row. Captain Lou's right next to him. Yeah. Here's Captain Lou. <laughs> Who's that kid? Where? What are you talking about? He came about? with like the bowl cut. He kind of looked like Dude, uh, look at that 
black guy. I almost said colored. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Person of color. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who did the. the the famous face when the Undertaker got defeated. Is that him? That's him? That was that guy. Yeah. No shit. And no, they don't all look alike. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was that guy. Whatever. I'll just I love that. This is great. Stoko grabbing a drink from the <laughs> from the uh, vendor, tossing it on Bret Hart. Takes a sip first though, because yeah. he's thirsty, you know. So this is why they're brawling into the crowd, Morgan, because it's a it's a submission match. So countouts don't matter. They could fight wherever they want. And that's why they're out in the crowd, just brawling. And that's probably why they had Shamrock as a ref, because they know no one's going to come near this fucking guy. Look at him. Well, most people do the typical, like, pat on the back, because they want to yeah. touch him. Yeah, yeah. This is really unusual for Bret Hart. Yeah. And, I mean, this was before they were brawling into the crowd every match, every pay-per-view. You know, this was, like, one of the first times they'd done something like this. Hit that punk with the jacket on. I remember any time you know I was managing someone and there was a brawl outside of the crowd, I'd be like, hey, I'd just stay by the ring. I'd be like, hey, you guys have fun. <laughs> right. I don't want to be anywhere near the fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. Anytime you go into the fans, all bets are off. Cause you don't you, you can't control what the people in the crowd are gonna do. Yeah. See Shamrock just kind of parting everybody, get you know, get everybody out of the way. As people fall over. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pats on the back. There you go. I don't think. And it's it's funny to think this is like, how many years ago was this? Should have been, geez, twenty three years ago. Just the liability. I don't. I don't think they could like go into the crowd anymore. Because you know, someone's like, "Oh, my neck." Sure. Uh, I got, yeah. You gave me COVID. Yeah, I was just just about to say. <laughs> that. Yeah. Now coming up here, uh, I think is it. Uh, it's it's coming up pretty soon. Is where Stone Cold gets busted open, and I've watched this so many times, and I finally was able to pick out when it happened. But you couldn't see where he got cut. But Bret Hart is actually the one that cut Stone Cold for this. Stone Cold didn't get the color on his own. Oh, really? Yeah, Bret Hart got it for him. Again, that's unusual. And they got it. And, and at that's the time, at the time, blood was banned from WWE. I was just about to say because, It you was know, banned. Yeah. And they did not clear this with Vince. And they did it. Right next to fucking Vince on commentary. Right. That's why this was so fucking ballsy and awesome. Yeah. Well, Hart and uh, Piper did the same thing at uh, WrestleMania 8. Yep. Yep. And Hart was very proud. He's just like, I, I did that so clandestinely yep. that people thought it was hard way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just I was going to say that. I think, didn't that happen at Chaotic a couple times, too? Yeah. Uh, no handsome. comment. <laughs> I wasn't going to say who. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, I, I, hi, Jamie. If you're listening, we love you. <laughs> Stay off the guardrails. <laughs> no <laughs> blood. No, no cursing. Blood, no cursing. No cursing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just nothing. But these guys are just fighting back and forth, and they're finally getting in the ring again. 
And, you know, it, it just lends credence to the fact that you don't have to fucking do planches and triple moonsaults or whatever. Like exactly. To exactly. You don't need to be an acrobat. No. No, you don't need to be. See, when I was watching wrestling, it was about fighting. It was more realistic. It's about winning. Yeah. What it's do you about do? winning. You get into a fight. You want to win. That's, that's, the whole, that's the whole basis of pro wrestling. Yeah. You're supposed to win. Yeah. Try to win. I got to say, I am digging Ken Shamrock shorts. They're pretty sweet, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. His dance skins. (laughs) The other female in the room got it. Working on the bad leg. And remember, Bret Hart's finishing move was the sharpshooter, so he's going to work on the leg here. Don't go <laughs> flipping off Ken Shamrock. <laughs> but this is why people like Stone Cold. This is why people started to really get behind his character. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, I, I just want to take a moment here. I remember this time. I was not. I was in college. I was not watching the WWE. I was watching ECW because. I was just like, this is where it's at right now. Yeah. You know, and at the time that was true. But this was literally the turn. Yeah. You know, where they injected that attitude era. It really started here, if you think about it. It, it Yeah, it did. It, it started when they allowed Stone Cold to say ass. And then he said ass every chance he got. <laughs> and that's why it's all over the sun. And they allowed him to flip people off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he did liberally. I think it, if memory serves, I think it was like, you know, he, he had been the ringmaster. Yes. And they were just like, we don't know what to do with you. And Vince finally just threw up his hand, just like, do what you want. Yeah, I think I think uh, I've heard him uh, tell the story in his podcast where he just kind of went up to Vince because I think he did commentary. That's what it was. Yeah. He did commentary for somebody's match and he, he came to the back after and he had popped the boys and the guys in the truck. So the guys in the production truck told him how funny he was and how good he was. And so Vince, I think, told him, hey, you got to you gotta chill out on the commentary a little bit. You got to dial it back. And Stone Cold said to him, well, Vince, I'm, I'm 6'2", and I'm, I'm in your company with a guy, bunch of guys that are bigger than me. If you take my personality away from me, I've got nothing. Yeah. And so Vince said, okay. I'll I'll let you do I'll, I'll let you be you I'll let you do what you want to do and that's essentially how he was allowed to yeah. start to kind of become what he became. This is a move I used to steal and do all the time. I got this from Bret Hart, the figure four around the ring post. Love this, so awesome. Austin selling here is so good. Difficult when you're bald like that, by the way. Oh yeah. Because, you know, it, the hair flipping around adds so much to it. That's why I had long hair for so long. Yeah. That's why. One of the many reasons. Well, Al had luxurious locks. I mean, I, I was jealous <laughs> of Al's hair. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> now he uses my skin salve, which you can buy in my Etsy shop, Wonders by Monique, on his head. There you go. Good Through plug, Monique. Very good. Of this. good plug there, honey. Good plug. <laughs> Bret Hart grabbing the ring bell. And notice, he he grabs it, he puts it there, but 
he doesn't use it yet. Now he's going to get a chair instead. Ah, but that's a padded one. Fuck that. Oh, I'm going to get one that's going to hurt. Dave used to yell at me all the time. <laughs> I would just grab the nearest chair. He'd be like, one without a pad, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Dave. Awesome. So awesome. <laughs> you mentioned the show, I miss the Armory Dave. Show. What a good guy, man. Oh, Fuck. Every day. That was the night we went out, so we'll have to share that story after. Yes. Yeah, share that. I know that story. It's a good yes. story. All right, so Bret Hart climbing to the top. Oh, and no. now, oh, Stone Cold. But Ooh, nails him with a chair. Look at the crowd. I like how his legs just kind of hanging up like he's holding it. <laughs> I was just going to say it's Again, like a dog. Look at Stone Cold. He's just fucking fired up. Stone Cold's fire. Was and he's a heel. Yeah. Oh. Not for long, he's not. Yeah. It's already. You can and you see, can see already the people turned. already starting to turn it's and get behind turned. him. Yep. yep. Help us some steel. Mm. Speaking of people I miss, I miss Jay Arn commentary. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Bret Hart was a master at taking turnbuckles. Oh, his chest first? The chest first Did one? Any, oh. Has anyone ever done that? You know how many times I used to do that in, like, when I'd go to train at practice and stuff? I would do that, and I, w I could never do it like he did. I would try to replicate it. I could never do it. That's why you never saw me do it in a match. I mean, could never do it as good as him. the wind out of you. I don't know how the hell he did it. He, yeah. he, I, I can't think of anybody that did it better than him. I know Owen Hart used to take it. He didn't do it as good as Brett. Brett's the only guy that could do it. Yeah, that that well anyway. He's the only guy I can think of who did do it. Yeah, well that's and that's why <laughs> he's the only one good. So it's coming up pretty soon when they spill outside the ring. Oh, look at this little girl. That's I think that's Bret Hart's daughter. I was gonna say, is that his oh. kid? Yeah, it's Bret's daughter. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Stupid kid. Aww. <laughs> so it, here, this is one of the holds that that Stokel worked on at Al's school. <laughs> who who who, who t did Al teach him that? Yeah, yeah. Was Al like a amateur wrestler or something? Uh, he was a. Uh, not an amateur wrestler, but he knew all this, all these uh, different shoot wrestling moves. He trained in Japan, yeah, uh, a lot. He was in a lot of those dojos, and Al actually helped to train Dan Severn for his Ultimate Fighting Championship, uh, oh, yeah? the the UFC four. Al was one of uh, Dan Severn's trainers. He actually walked him to the ring in UFC four. Oh. Even Stu woke up for this. <laughs> And here we go, a Boston Crab by Stone Cold. Boston Crab, Morgan. I put this I put this on you last night. <laughs> Sounds kinky. Wow. <laughs> In bed. <laughs> <laughs> Just, believe it or not. How, how would that work? <laughs> oh, believe it or not. I'll, I'll show you later, honey. Yeah. <laughs> 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 My dick is so big, I was actually <laughs> able to achieve penetration. Wow! In this move, yeah, dude, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, that is impressive. My dick like went <laughs> to like you know New Hampshire and then curved back around. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't think this is where this podcast would be going. Wow! Yes, this took a turn. <laughs> it wasn't the turn I was thinking. All right, so there we go. 
Still Cold trying for the sharpshooter. Bret Hart's own finishing move. He'll move. And Bret Hart raking the eyes to break it. Yeah, crazy. So we're starting to see the subtle, the subtle heel bad guy tendencies of Bret Hart coming out here. And, and this is how it's supposed to go. Yeah. Because he's getting frustrated. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you see it like Stone Cold when he fired up earlier. He's you know he's he's starting to get, and that's why people are getting behind him because he's getting fired up. Fuck you. All right, here it comes now. I'm pretty sure this is the part here. When Stone Cold comes out here and gets to Bret Hart. Still some, still some booze out there. Yeah, of course. Okay, here it comes. Now, he's going he's gonna to reverse right here and watch Stone Cold. For the longest time, I thought he hit his head on the guardrail here. He didn't. Watch Bret. Right here. Look at Brett's right hand. You see oh. his right hand? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> he just cut him. You can't see it, but he just cut him, and he's punching him. Wow. He he sliced him, and now watch now watch Stone Cold. I'm trying to think. Oh, see, yeah. You know already? Yeah. His fingers? He had, he had it in his – you could see it. He had it in his hand. Yep. If you're watching his right hand, and he just put it in his – you see it yep. put it in his gear? He tucked it. Yep. But, yep, Brett cut him real quick and then started punching him. He cut him. Like, literally, like, this fast and started punching him. That's what a fucking pro Bret Hart is. And that's how much Stone Cold trusted him. And and right here, the, I always, for the longest time, thought he hit his head on the guardrail. He didn't. Bret Hart cut him. And right in front of fans, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right in front of fans, right in front of Vince. And Vince didn't know. <laughs> that's how good it was. Um, as Nikki Rock said to me one time uh, uh, about drinking at a chaotic show, sorry, Jamie. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jamie. Uh, I, uh, I, I Former like, guest, Jamie Jamikowski. Nikki goes, uh, I'm like, Nikki, I think I want to just have a beer. Like, I'm done. And, and she goes, better to ask forgiveness than permission. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, remember the Words movie Euro Trip? Yeah. I just think of Scotty doesn't know. So we were like, and Vince didn't know. <laughs> yeah, he, he gigged him good. Huh? Oh, yeah. Bleeding everywhere. You would think this um, would have been frowned upon after mass transit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Having someone else blade you. <laughs> well, that's how much Stone Cold trusted Brett. Yeah. And you know, that's how too. respected Brett was, yeah. you know. And and again, I just I love the fact that they said Fuck it, we're gonna do this anyway, even though it's not allowed. And they didn't check it with Vince; they didn't clear it with Vince. And just imagine if imagine this match without the blood, especially when we get to the no, end. No, it doesn't work. It, it it doesn't work at all. This is so. I mean, that image became legendary. They put yeah. it on a T-shirt. Yeah. And now Brett's got the chair. He's been working on Stone Cold's leg the entire match, and now he's got the chair, and boom. And if you hear the, if you listen to the crowd. There's you, you're starting to hear some booze. Yeah. Oh, here we go, sharpshooter time. This is it, right? This is the finish. No, nope, it's gonna go for a little longer. I think. I think. Yeah. Okay. 
Boy, breaking the ice is a real theme tonight. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> hey, look at the blood all over everything, man. I'd love to know what Vince is thinking right now as far as, like, the no-gig policy goes. Well, he probably thinks it, he legit hit, him, hit his head on the guardrail like I did. Yeah. I mean, he's right there, and he didn't see it. Yeah. So Back when they wouldn't try to block the camera angle so you couldn't see anything. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Fantastic. Like the, the most perfectly timed low blow right there. You know, Jake the Snake Roberts made this perfect analogy, speaking of sex. Um, he's like, you know what wrestling is? It's like jerking off. He's like, you jerk off, jerk off. Just when you're about to come, stop. Yeah. And that's exactly what we just saw. Yeah, 100%. And then you don't blow your load till the end. Exactly. Here we go again. There it is. Yep. <laughs> Sternum first. Stone Cold. Oh, look at him. He's so fired up. And the people are just... Fuck you. Yep. Boom. <laughs> you hear the people coming up now. They're they're fucking loving it. How could you not get behind him? Of course. Because at this point, he's the underdog. Yep. Look at that crimson. Just dripping the crimson, down his face. crimson mask. mask. <laughs> dripping down his face. Steve Austin has been lacerated. <laughs> Ooh. It's Stone Cold selling that so perfectly. Yep. Mm -hmm. He's selling the wooziness, losing his losing the blood, you know? He's ah, oh, so good. See, I think more inexperienced guys would have just gone for a cover right then. Of course. You know, but nope, just like Jake Roberts said. Just like, nope. nope. You're not coming yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Now, remember that ring bell that Bret Hart brought over like 10 minutes ago? And it's still there. Mm -hmm. The ref hasn't moved it. Stogel's got the some extension cord wrapping it around Bret's throat. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and there's the ring bell to the head boom as Chekhov said yes I'm going to quote Anton Chekhov during a wrestling match <laughs> famous Russian playwright <laughs> if there is a gun in the first act it must go off by the third and we just saw that bam there it is <laughs> yep. and now we go Bret Hart's gonna oh he's got him in the sharpshooter now here we go and listen to the crowd yeah there, I mean on one hand, they're popping because this is obviously his famous submission. Yep. They get loud, but then they kind of quiet down like quick because yeah. they're like, oh, shit, it's over. And now look at look at Stone Cold, the blood coming down the face. He's selling so great here. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously he knows that the... the you know, steady camera or whatever is on him. Yep. Oh, 
Oh, the way he just kind of starts getting slower. We're, he's ready yep, to pass out. We're about to get out. the uh, yeah. iconic where he lifts himself up. Yep, but here we go. Here it is. Now he's coming up. Now listen to the people. Oh, my God. The, the blood. blood. Oh, yeah. does, it doesn't get better yes. than that. that listen feet. to the fucking people. Yes. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Fuck not, yeah. Not quite. <laughs> oh, I love But this. also, look at Bret Hart. And like, now fuck, Bret Hart he knows, falls. Yes. He's still oh. got the hold on. But people are like, oh shit, did he get out? Did he get out? They're kind of quiet. They don't know what to think. They don't know what's going on. And he's got it back on. Fuck. Austin's still fighting. Still trying to push up out of it. And remember, he's a bad guy, but he's not giving up. He will not quit. It makes... And that's it. Shamrock says, if you do not answer, I will stop the fight. Austin passes out from the pain or loss of blood, whatever you want to believe. Keeps his heat. Mm-hmm. Still a tough SOB. Yeah. It does make me wonder what the people in the audience, because obviously, because we're listening to the commentary. Yeah. It makes me wonder if the people in the audience were like, did he quit? But... And so now the match is over, but it's we still got a story to tell. It's like a gallon of blood in the ring. <laughs> yeah. So Austin is out cold. He's passed out from the pain, loss of blood, whatever you want to, whatever you want to think. Bret Hart celebrating. Music's playing, going all the corners. So that's it, right? Not quite. Mm-hmm. Vince was Vince was great on commentary too. Oh, he was. <laughs> he wasn't like a play-by-play guy calling the moves or whatever. But as far as telling the story and yeah, getting you into what he, was going on, he he knew how to get from point A to point B. Exactly. Now here we go. Match is over. Stone Cold's out cold, and Brett's kicking his leg. Going back and kicking his leg. He's already won. That's yep. called insult to injury. Yes, and now he's going back, and he's gonna. Oh, he's gonna put this. He's going to put the sharpshooter back on, but Ken oh! Shamrock. Oh, <laughs> Ken Shamrock kicking him off. The people going nuts. And look at Shamrock. He's like, "Let's go!" Yeah, right. <laughs> he is huge. And look at Brett. Like, Brett's what got the, the, who the fuck? fuck are you to yeah. tell me I can't? Shamrock firing up the crowd. Mm-hmm. And his little bike shorts. <laughs> and Brett is like, nah, I'm out of here. Once again, listen to the people boo. Being a coward. I don't know why, but I was like, it reminds me of a cat when a cat's like, okay, I'm done with you. And now Bret Hart giving some high fives, but but keep an eye on Bret Hart. Ah, I just flipped the guy off. People flipping him off. <laughs> you never saw that before from Bret Hart. That now, is not very role model like. No. It's not becoming a but gentleman. But it's still not over because we have Stone Cold in the ring now who's coming to after getting kicked a few times by Bret Hart. Still bleeding, trying to get up. Now you've got some other refs coming into the ring to try to help him out. Ooh, boom. Kick. Kyoto. Fuck you. What a horrible Brett stunner. Just Kicks and stuns Mike Kyoto, the referee. God damn, I've taken stunners better than that. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't the best stunner I've ever seen. <laughs> but what are you going to do? 
I think a simple no thank you would suffice <laughs> with that. He, he didn't have to go that far. So you have uh, uh, Jim Ross on the commentary saying, man's man, I'll give him that. You see people around ringside kind of applauding him as he's walking around the ring, hobbling around, really selling that leg. He's hurt. He's bleeding. But you know what? I'm not going to get any help. Fuck that. I don't need help. I'm tough. So You hear the mail. people chanting Austin. He's turning around now. He's, he's hearing it. But he's not really. He's He, he hears it. He's letting the people know, I hear you. But I'm not going to put you over because fuck you. I don't need you. And you hear Vince. Again, like from so a cu good. cultural standpoint, from what we just watched, Hulk Hogan needed the people, but now we're in the 90s. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just like it's all about the individual. Very well put. Thank you. <laughs> I drink and I think about things. <laughs> <laughs> and so there we go. That was the Stone Cold versus Bret Hitman Hart submission match. One of my favorite matches of all time. Yeah, so just as like craft goes, you know, like obviously the, the you know technically that was way better than the war to settle the score. <laughs> oh sure, if you if you're gonna go by that, but I mean, but you know what? It's it, it, it's historically significant in the same sense that one two three. Now this is the biggest baby face in the history of the company. Oh yeah, and it happened right here. Yeah, yeah. This was I mean this was the start of it. This right. is it. And yeah. then was it? Uh, Two months later was the King of the Ring, where he goes through and he beats three guys in one night. Just so, like, the first match, he wrestled with uh, Mark Marrow, gets kicked in the face, gets his lip busted open, has to go to the hospital, get stitches, comes back and wrestles two more times. Yeah. And and that's the Austin 316, where he cuts that promo after beating Jake the Snake Roberts oh, this in was the finals. After that? The, the Austin this, was, this was before... And then two months after that was the King of the Ring where he cut the Austin 316 oh, no promo. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so Austin 316 came after this match. but No, but wait a minute. Hold on. Wait. Sure. I saw signs in the crowd during this match that said Austin 316. No, you're right. I'm an asshole. <laughs> no, you're, no, I'm sorry. No, you're right. Shit. No, you're right. Uh, the King of the Ring was 90. This was 97. Yeah, King of the Ring 96. Was before this, yeah. Jeez, wow, what an asshole. See, that's <laughs> yeah, honey, that's you're what not an asshole. You just suck at math. Math. Years. Oh, years. No, I think it's this red wine that oh, I've yes. been drinking for a few hours now. Yes. Since uh, Sean and Morgan came. Since, <laughs> since dinner time. <laughs> yes. Um, well, uh, uh, anyway, uh, to wrap up, I think that um, it says a lot about you and I as quote unquote masters of psychology. <laughs> um. Not so much that, but like we chose matches that really led to the business taking off. Yeah. Because, you know, like, the, you know, the 85 and the first WrestleMania, that was like, boom, the big wrestling boom. Yeah. And what we, the war to settle the score was the catalyst for that. Yeah. And we literally just watched the catalyst for the 90s wrestling boom. Yeah, the that, attitude era and all that. That yeah. went into the early 2000s. You yeah. Know? So it's not so much that these matches are great, which they are, but they were historically significant yeah. in, in the realm of pro wrestling. Yeah. That's why Al and I are great workers. Mm. That's my, why. My girlfriend is so tired and angry because we're going to get back like at 11 o'clock tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Probably later than that. Yeah. yeah. The time. Anyway. <laughs> okay. 
right. she's on her like her second cup of coffee. Well, we're gonna watch <laughs> Savage Steamboat now and talk about JFK. Yes, <laughs> tremendous. No, we're not. Anyway, this was super fun, <laughs> dude, dude. This was yeah, this was a blast. And, no, and, and, so I have to bring up the story though because oh, yeah. you brought up the match um, at the Armory in Quincy, right? Yeah. So that was the match that I went to. Max Bauer versus Alex yes. Mariano in a steel cage, and me managing. DC Dillinger is a special guest referee. Mm-hmm. You were my manager, right? I was. Yes. Did you have your white tux on that night? Mm-hmm. Yes. You did. Yeah, I remember the white. You wore the white because I was going to bleed, right? Yeah. Is that yes. that was the whole thing? I remember yeah. you were telling me like you showed me your bloody tuxedo after your your suit. It was white with all the blood in it. You were so proud. But I remember that match. Anton's because cleaners got that out, by the way. Good for them. Yeah. Hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> Hydrogen peroxide gets blood out. Just saying. Worked in veterinary medicine. You learned the tricks. So tell us the story, Moni. So I went that night because our friend Kathy, known as Mistress Belmont, who's a New England professional wrestler, she was going to be at the show. So I'm like, oh, I'll go and watch her. And she wanted to somehow get me incorporated into the show. And I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know I remember this. That. Yeah. I sent I, you the email asking you because you were going to be a plant. Yeah, but I felt so awkward because so when I went to Chaotic Wrestling, I am a very loyal person. And so I thought when you're training <laughs> somewhere and they had their own promotion, that's the only place that you work. So... Oh. Anytime somebody brought up like going anywhere else, like I had guys who'd be like, "Oh, you should go go to this promotion. They'll, they'll, you can work there." And I was just like, "No, because I'm chaotic, and that's just that's where your loyalties lie." So anyway, so I ended up going to the show, and Kathy did some stuff, but um, it was after the show, so I thought I was gonna be hanging out with Kathy that night, but I didn't, and I hang out with you and Dave. Oh yeah, where do we do? Where do we go? I don't know, some bar? Probably what? the Commonwealth. That's where we always went. That probably. So Dave had some chick with him. Oh, yes. DeVito. <laughs> Stephanie DeVito. So, and a guy started talking to her at the bar. So the guy starts. So I remember this. We had yeah, this booth kind of table. Back to me now. <laughs> and the bar, you can see the bar from where we're sitting. So she went to go get a drink. So she's waiting for her drink. And this guy, you can tell, is like putting his hand on her shoulder. He will not leave her alone. So I thought, ah, my drink's getting a little low. I'm going to go over and I'm going to try to get this creep off of her. So I walk over and I put my arm around her, kind of getting between the two of uh, between her and the guy. I can take over and do my Dave impression, by the way. (laughs) And, (laughs) And so I butted and I get between the two and I act like she's my girlfriend because I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't know this guy. Whatever. So I'm like, hey, hon, did you get your drink yet? So this broad fucking gets her drink because I'm like, I'll get a drink too. So I'm waiting there with her. She fucking gets her drink and takes off and leaves me alone with the dickhead that's behind me. Now he starts putting his hands on me and he's trying to, hey, hey, what's your name? Hey, like, you know, like asking me all these questions. He's like, what's your name? And I'm ignoring him. And he's like, I said, what's your name? And I look at him and go, oh, that's none of your concern. Thank you. And I turn my back to him again. none of your concern. (laughs) I'm trying to be polite. (laughs) And now, to kind of give people a background, I used to, like, drop of the hat, I would get into a fight. Just give me an excuse to get into a fight because that's just how I was. And so by this point, I was a single mom. I had a a small child at home 
And I'm, I, I, I want to kick the guy's ass, but I'm like, nope. So the guy, I go to I'm, tell the guy, my name is none of your concern, whatever. So he grabs me. He puts, he wraps his like fucking meat hooks on my shoulder, like be, like where your shoulder and arm meet. And he grabs me and tries to turn me around. And as he's doing that, he said, I said, what's your name? My instinct was I wanted to grab him and fucking grab his arm and put it behind his back and smash his face into the bar. But I'm like, no, nope, wow. you have a child. You cannot get arrested. So I see you and I see Dave from where I am at the bar at the table. <laughs> and I turn around. I'm thinking these guys will see this guy's messing with me and come to my defense. So I turn around and I say, get your fucking hands off me. And I start yelling at him and get really dramatic wrestling wise because I'm trying to get your attention, Sean, and Dave's attention of this guy is messing with me. Come back me up. Nope. <laughs> nope okay so finally like my drink comes and i get it and i tell the guy to fuck off so i get up there and i'm trying to tell you guys you guys couldn't care less you're like <laughs> oh okay whatever cool thank you thank you for that by the way so <laughs> such a gentleman so then the guy sorry i'm being distracted so then the guy is facing us and starts mouthing off and Dave catches it. Yep. And he sees Dave. <laughs> he sees, Dave sees this guy mouthing off like, go, like, fuck you, go fuck yourself. Do you want to take over? Shut your fucking mouth, you motherfucker. I'll break your fucking jaw. <laughs> and me just going in a manager role. I'm like, yeah, go get him. So, <laughs> so the guy, and this guy was fucking huge. So this guy, there was probably what? 20 feet between the bar and the booth maybe 25 feet it was a good distance away this guy fucking plows through dave gets up now i'm on the inside of the booth i'm next to sean it's the chick and dave dave gets up to go like face to face with this guy and i don't know how we managed to do it sean and i slide positions because i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna kick this guy's ass i'll get right in there but Sean, being the man that he is, he slides right away. So we do this. It was like the smoothest transition ever where he's getting in like in the inner part of the booth and I'm getting to the outer part. And I get up to like get between the two because all I'm thinking is, Go OK, ahead. <laughs> I'm a girl. I'm a girl. <laughs> so if anyone comes to break this up, I'm going to make it look like we're not trying to fight and this guy's instigating it and we're innocent here. So Dave's like ready to start pounding, like beat the shit out of this guy and pound him. And I'm getting in there just ready to go, like just waiting because I'm just like, I'll fucking jump on this guy. I'll beat the shit out of him. And if anyone comes over, I'll be like, I'm a girl and he hit me. And yeah, so the face on Alex right now. Okay. <laughs> so the fucking cops, like the cops come over. Cops they had come cop in? Yeah, they oh, had okay. cops They were there, there all the time. That place is a freaking slaughterhouse. <laughs> wow. And yeah, it was just so funny because they're like, what's going on? I'm like, he's drunk. And do you remember like you jumped in? You're like, oh, yeah, he's drunk. He's starting with us. Oh, you Sean just goes manager. instant manager. <laughs> and then I'm the girl. And I'm like, he's awesome. being a jerk. He grabbed me. He put his hands on me. And I was so like, I saw the whole thing. The cops. <laughs> 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 yeah. And the cops grab him and they drag the guy out. And we they did. sit and finish our drinks. And oh, Dave man. sat down, and I remember DeVito was just like, Dave, you need to control your temper. And he's just like, I was defending your honor. Aren't you happy? 
<laughs> but the best part of it is here I am trying to stick up for this broad. I'm trying to like save oh, her and she fucking leaves me in the weeds with this dude and then nobody comes to my defense when I needed it. So fuck you for that. Listen, I had wow. my eye on it. I, I, oh listen, yeah. I, I did. You're like, Monique can take care of herself against a dude who's 6'3". Well, yeah, it's I was, okay. I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tremendous. <laughs> Oh man, we got to do like a DC Dillinger podcast. Oh one yes, of these we days. do. Wow. He was awesome. Such a good dude. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was yeah, that was fun. It w- you know what though? Regardless of what had happened, that was such a fun night. It was su- it was such a memory. <laughs> so thanks for that. <laughs> Whoa, Monique just slapped me like really <laughs> hard. Wow. <laughs> yeah, all right. That was gentle. That was a playful. <laughs> Did I hurt you? I'm You're stiff. sorry. Lighten up. I'm fine. <laughs> Maybe it was a little deserved. So that was that was a yeah that was a lot of fun. All right, uh, yeah, from two masters of psychology. From, <laughs> yes, masters of psychology and abroad <laughs> and a chick and a chick and a, and another chick <laughs> and Morgan just like why am I dating? Morgan's this like guy? why am I here? What is going on? Two masters of psychology and two chicks. There we go. Boom, there it is. All right, so yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you, Sean. Thank for, you. Uh, yeah, dude, thank th- you guys for being here. Yeah, great idea. Thanks for doing this. And uh, uh, real quick, before we end and before we sign off, JFK, we we got to talk about it. Just even if it's for five minutes. That was supposed to happen last year. That was supposed to happen a long time ago. Yeah. JFK, tell me, because we're in November right now. We're recording this right after Thanksgiving. November. What is today? The twenty eighth. So JFK was shot on the 23rd of November mm. back in 1963. And you believe what? That that it was Lee Harvey Oswald? I think is that true? Lee Harvey Oswald did it but by that I mean the the killing, the actual shooting, the murder. I think Lee Harvey Oswald did it um he did it by himself. However, um it wouldn't surprise me that if he said if he was exactly what he said he was when they were taking him through the police station and the cameras are on him and he goes, I'm just a patsy. Yeah. Which means I'm just a fall guy. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if that, that were true. Okay. Especially because he went to a movie. Yeah. And I think that, that, that was his, they told him go to the movie theater. We'll pick you up. I agree with you. I think, I think, I think that he was told by his CIA handlers to go to the movies. Yep. And that he was picked up there. I do. However, disagree with you i don't think that he was the shooter i don't i don't i don't think he shot a gun at all personally really yep oh well that's gonna be a good episode i guess you you folks will have to tune in yeah you guys gonna have to tune in when we talk all about this but (laughs) for homework i've got homework for you and anybody listening king kill 33 james shelby downard read that (laughs) what a downer <laughs> Read that. I'm telling you because that's going to tell you everything you need to know about the JFK assassination. Okay, my homework for you is Please. Re- Reclaiming History by Vincent Bugliosi. Okay, that's Bu- Bu- oh Bugliosi's book about the JFK thing. Yep. Okay, it's like right. a thousand pages long. Wow, I read it in four days. <laughs> I wow. was really into it. It's a really good book. All right. All right. All right. Cool. There we go. Sounds good. All right. So, then. Monique, really quick, where can people find? The Homewrecker Podcast on social media. We have a Twitter. At Homewrecker Pod. We have a parlor. At Homewrecker Pod. Are we on Instagram yet? Uh, Are we yet. back? We're, uh, 
Yeah. Okay, forget Instagram. F you Instagram. You're dead to me. What's our website? Homewreckerpodcast.com. And people can find us on YouTube and Brighteon. As long as we're not banned on YouTube for whatever reason. You never know. They're banning everybody nowadays. Hopefully not us. We're good. Yeah, well, hopefully not us. (laughs) All right. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you don't mind, please leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. And until next time. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I've been joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, the lovely Monique. And, again, thank you to Morgan and Sean Gorman. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast.